All right, welcome back to the Content Agent Podcast, where we are partnered with the Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. This podcast is all about utilizing content or attraction marketing to generate a ton of high-quality leads that actually want to work with you. My name is Dan Parker. And I'm Byrne McGovern. We're both YouTube content marketers and real estate agents here in beautiful, sunny San Diego. Today on the podcast, we have another special guest. We have the Porsche driving, home selling, content creating beast, Mr. Matt LaMarche out of Sandy Springs, Georgia. And we go deep into Clubhouse, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, creating video, video and finding your niche in this industry. All right, Mr. Matt LaMarche, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Doing great, doing man. Good. Good, good to have you here. No, thank you guys so much for taking the time and bearing with all of our work from home. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, so we're, we're yeah. all used to it by now, I think, yeah. at this point. Fortunately, yeah. April April of 2020, it's, there's no excuses, right? <laughs> now we're good. Now we're good. Uh, so, Matt, we actually originally met in Clubhouse. You're one of, the, one of the guys that I met in Clubhouse back in probably January. And um, it's I, for one, I always enjoyed chatting with you on there or just listening to you because you're, you're a good speaker, man. And I, I really always enjoyed that. Um, but I didn't know you before then. And since then, I feel like I see you everywhere. I see you on Instagram for sure. You know, I, you have a YouTube channel, you have podcasts, you have all these things going on. So um, I'm really excited to have this conversation today, but I guess we'll just start off with, is there a specific platform that you are focusing your efforts on right now? Yeah, anything on the interwebs. Uh, no, I mean, in all seriousness, though, I mean, you know, I, I think that I like to dabble in a little bit of everything because, you know, you have different audiences in different places, right? And that's one of the things over the last two or three years here now that I feel like I've done a pretty decent job of making little deposits, you know, along the way. Um, and honestly, like recreating stuff for different platforms too, right? So, you know, LinkedIn looks very, very different than like YouTube might. Um, my message... And my messaging may be very, very different on YouTube than it might be on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, any of this stuff. I think a lot of it works, like the, the core content, but I do think you have to start kind of reimagining things, if you will, um, for the different platforms. So that's one thing I'm like hyper focused on right now. Um, and I love Instagram. I mean, it's so easy just to go in, create quick stories, um, you know, get engagement and kind of a vibe check, if you will, <laughs> from your audience. Um, so yeah, I, I love playing around with all the different platforms. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Clubhouse, because I feel the same way about you guys that you just mentioned about me and that there's a lot of like, what I would call unknown superstars out there, not just in social media, but in real estate, in a lot of other areas that I've just kind of come across. And funny enough, like through an audio platform, which I think is really interesting. And I think a lot of people are underestimating the value of of audio, which is, you know, something we could probably go on and on for hours about. But yeah, I just remember when I started hearing you on Clubhouse and I felt like you were like a professional moderator on there because your voice is like yeah. perfect for it. I'm like, is this guy just this is his job? Is he just the moderator of Clubhouse? I wasn't <laughs> sure who you were. And then I looked a little deeper and found out you're a real estate agent, just like us. So that's right. That's right. Well, no, and and that's what I love about um Clubhouse, right? You can't be distracted. Like it's very visceral, I feel like, you know, um, and when when you're clicking on people's profiles and biographies, reading more about them, it's really interesting. I don't know if you guys spend any time in that, um, but I'm just fascinated by, you know, what people put in there and then why they put what they put in there. And oftentimes I'll create separate dialogue like outside of the platform or now inside it um, around like, why did you mention this in your profile? Like, that's interesting or 
that's a little weird, man. Like just, just <laughs> interesting conversation. So, um, but yeah, that's a really, really interesting platform. And, and like I said, I feel like a lot of people that were quote unquote unknowns before, m- much like me, like I'm just another guy here in Atlanta. I've only been in real estate for two and a half years, um, you know, actively as a license E at least. Um, but, um, you know, experienced some early success with content marketing and, and creating a podcast around my city, much like, you know, shout out to Matthew Weber, who uh, had me on his podcast. And, and we talked about this, like before, during and after that, you know, I was filming, he was doing audio and we both kind of looked at each other like, why am I not doing that? And why are you not doing this? You know, because it was basically all the same content. You could just repurpose it a couple different ways. So um, I'm happy to see him doing more video. I'm certainly going yeah. and trying more audio, but um I mean, I feel like all of it works on some level, but whatever you like to do is where you're going to spend the most time, you know, creating content. And now you're still active on Clubhouse, right? Not as active as I once was, but yeah, Yeah. I'm a lot more selective now. And honestly, a lot of that's just become, um, you know, two or three rooms that I really just enjoy the people that are in it, the insights that are shared, the information that's given. You know, we're talking with Asians that have been in the business for three, five, 20, 30 years and have seen massive change. But in addition, and on the flip side of that, agents that have been in the business for a day, a month, a week, like, and to hear how they're approaching the business is really, really interesting because they think about it very, very differently than say the, you know, 30 plus veteran agents. Um, so it's it's been interesting. And that's that's what I enjoy most about that platform is just getting in the quick hitting info um, and not just real estate either. Like it's super interesting to talk about and, you know, feel people out about NFTs and cars. And I mean, there's just, it's just like any other social platform. You can find something to your taste, I guess. So what, what are the rooms that you were in? That's what I was saying. So yeah. What's that? The rooms that I'm in? Yes. Yeah. So we actually have an Atlanta room. Uh, it's called the Atlanta Real Estate Market Club. And we have a room that we run on Tuesdays and Thursdays from eight to nine. And, you know, when we first started it, we thought, well, we'll just get a bunch of realtors together. And I was like, I mean, nothing wrong with that. And I think there's yeah. definitely a place and a time for it. Yet, I want like small business owners and photographers and videographers, like anyone and everyone that could potentially benefit from being we're the great connectors. Let's just say what it is, right? Realtors are the great connectors in communities. And if you want to find something out about a community, you go to the real estate agents because those are the people that know the restaurant owners, know who's moving, know who's buying, know who's selling, know who's renting. You know, they know everything about that community. Um, and so that's what I kind of wanted to be here in Sandy Springs. And and I know what Matthew's doing in Dunwoody. Um, and so for me, that room is really, really powerful because yes, we have agents, but we've had videographers, photographers, insurance agents, home warranty people. I mean, a lot of people around our industry come into the fold. And now my primary photographer is in that room on a really regular basis. And she's phenomenal. I would have never found her on Instagram or even through like a Google search or anything like, so I think, you know, building and developing that relationship via that platform is really, really powerful because of consistency. And then I get this, their messages over and over again. You know what I mean? It's top of mind top of mind over and over and over again. So it's just called Atlanta real estate club or what do you call it? Yeah. Atlanta real estate market. Okay. Um, And it was actually started by another member, um, you know, here in the Atlanta area, another agent Um, and me and Matthew Weber and uh, Maris Lamson, who's in Nashville actually, but is originally from Atlanta 
um, moderate and host that room every single Tuesday and Thursday from eight to nine. And we talk about everything from social media and like how to market yourself. We also talk about like setting expectations for your buyers and sellers right now. Like as we start to see a little bit of a shift, what we think is a shift coming, you know, how do you get out ahead of that stuff? We talk about closing attorneys and what makes a great closing attorney, uh, what makes a great lender. Like it's just a really good, um, you know, one hour of, of a day that I feel like we're hyper focused. And, you know, for me, and I'm sure a lot of other agents out there, when you first get into this business, you think it's going to be combative and not collaborative at all. And I have found like none of that to be true. And in fact, a lot of people that are super close to me geographically and even work in the areas that I work in are on that platform and are sharing their ideas and their strategies and their tips and tricks about what they're doing and what's working and what's not. So it's, it's really, really cool. So what kind of turnout are you getting on in this? I'm just curious for my own personal, because this is actually, you know, something maybe we could add to San Diego real estate market. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we first started it out again, we thought not in a negative connotation, but let's get an echo chamber, right. Of, of really high performing agents to bounce ideas off of, to share referrals. Like I don't really like to go outside an area. And if I've got someone moving, I'll refer that in a heartbeat. Um, so that for me was a big part of it, but also, um, just creating that, that culture, I think. So we started, I got on the clubhouse January 4th and that first week we started this club or this room. And then we were just super consistent with it every single Tuesday and Thursday now for seven months. (laughs) So when we first started, that was the idea. And then we kind of shifted it and wanted to bring more people into the fold. So, you know, it really depends, but like on average, we're getting, 20 to 30 people in the room today. I think we got up to like 60 Um, and I track it pretty regularly just to make sure that, you know, what we're bringing to the table is valuable, but also I'm always asking for input. Like, what do you guys want to talk about? What, what challenges are you experiencing? Or, you know, if you've got a Glenda Baker out there or someone that's crushing on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, YouTube or zoom or what I like, whatever they're doing and it's working, what can we glean from that? Because you guys know, just because it's in audio format doesn't mean it can't work in video, you know? So um, I think everyone just needs to kind of find their lane and what, again, kind of what they enjoy doing and then go all in on that. Every time we talk about clubhouse, I like think in my head, dang, why am I not, why did I stop going on there? Because it's, it is so incredibly powerful. The connections that I made in like the two months that I was on there is incredible. The amount of business development and like personal development type rooms that are out there. Absolutely incredible. Um, and I mean, Matt, you were talking about before this podcast, you're getting referrals from clubhouse. I mean, it's like, it's endless, the possibilities that you can get from that platform. That's right. And what's funny about that too, is that it's, um, so I'm a big believer in the pebble in the pond, right? You throw the pebble in, it's got ripples, right? And the referrals that I've gotten aren't even from an agent that I got connected to on the platform. That agent actually referred me to one of her team members for those referrals. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, if, and I, I'm just as guilty as people saying, why do I spend more time on the platform? Well, why not? <laughs> like it's super, super easy to justify that platform now for me. And again, I've scaled back considerably, but um, you know, five to 10 rooms. And I, I used to listen to podcasts a lot. I used to listen to like a lot of audible and audiobooks and stuff like that. But now anytime I get in the car, it's like clubhouse. <laughs> so, you know, in between appointments and traveling from here to there for 20 minutes and I can hop into a conversation. Um, 
and even just listening, honestly, like I don't have to actually contribute. And I think a lot of people confuse that. You don't have to speak. <laughs> you yeah. can just, it's like listening to this, you know, live basically. So it's, it's a really cool platform, but yeah, don't ever underestimate. And the same thing is true of Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all this stuff, like just staying top of mind. And I'm trying to also remind people of like three or four other things that, yeah, not only do I want your referrals from your sphere, but if you're an agent, I want to be connected to you. Like I want to build out my referral network. Um, and not just through a brokerage, through someone that I like and I trust, because if I like and trust you, chances are my clients will as well, right? Um, but then just collaboration in general, like what you guys do is cool. Why can't I do this? Why can't I add a layer to this that brings in more referral partners? Um, and talking about your local market and why someone should leave Atlanta, Georgia, move to San Diego or, you know, whatever. So I think there's definitely a lot more collaboration happening on that platform than any others, which I really, really like. Yeah, that's oh. cool, man. I, you know, I always think because I've been in the business for four years, my first year and a half, two years, I did next to no business, just trying to figure everything out. And I, I always equate one of my like steps to success was when I decided to flip the switch in my head from the glass half empty to glass half full in this industry and started collaborating and networking with other agents. Um, I don't know why I was so close-minded to that in the beginning. I guess you just like, Hey, that's my competition, but like there's so many homes being sold in San Diego. I don't have to worry about one or two agents. I will get, I got stronger once I started connecting and collaborating with them um, to a degree that I, I never saw coming. Yeah. Even, even Dan, when I reached out to you, you were afraid I was going to either yell at you or <laughs> I was going to steal your market share or whatever. I'm like, no, I just wanted to talk to you. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So for, I mean, we talked about one of the first episodes, but when Burn first reached out to me, I was just getting started in YouTube and Burn had a good six months on me and he was starting to get so busy with business that, you know, he could see in the future that at some point he could need some help with that. So he reached out to me and <laughs> and said, "Hey, let's let's have a conversation. Here's here's my number. We, we planned a time to chat." And yeah, for whatever reason, in my head, I'm like, "Dang, he's gonna because he's the only one doing moving to San Diego on YouTube. He's he's gonna tell me I need to stop doing this and that my videos suck." And I, I just like your videos. Else. I thought we had similar mindset, and I was like, "This is a good place to collaborate." And yeah. Dan thought I was going to yell at him. So <laughs> yeah, and well, it's it's turned into. We're always a little weary though, right? Like yeah. if you're in a transaction with someone, another agent, um, I'm always super, super skeptical about like, why do you want a minute of my time? Like, what are you trying to get? Well, we yeah. get these messages on like Facebook all the time. It's like, hey, how's your day going? And like, you know, like, okay, we're, what's the point of this conversation <laughs> going right now? <laughs> it's a trap. We all know it's, it's a trap. It's always a trap. It's yeah. that or recruiting. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's transition from Clubhouse and let's talk about what you're really good at, Matt, is video. Um, what is what would you say is your video content strategy right now? Yeah. So I've kind of recalibrated this, but for for today's discussion, at least. But I do think it's really important to go like way back. Right. So mm -hmm. Chelsea Pites and, and Dustin and all of these people that I got connected to on Snapchat will actually kind of reminisce with me about the good old days <laughs> of Snapchat and all that kind of came along with it. And it was a really powerful platform for me, A, because I got to kind of cut my teeth on video. I got to kind of build an audience there of people. And at the time I was in lawn care and landscaping, so not real estate yet was still adding value to people. People love to talk about, especially guys. Once you become a dad, I don't know, some switch turns and you now <laughs> care about grass and what you <laughs> Um, 
but for me, I had always like enjoyed that stuff. I love the instant impact of it. Like I just like it and I still cut my grass to this day. But um, going back to Snapchat was that's where I cut my teeth. The video disappeared after 24 hours. So it's gone. Like just like Clubhouse, if you weren't there when it happened, you missed it. Right. And I like that kind of like FOMO building thing. And I would try to tell stories along the way about like how to make your grass greener or how to make your curb appeal better in general, right? Like even stuff that actually really correlates to real estate now. And so built a really, really big audience there. And I had about three to 4,000 people every day viewing my stories. And I was like, I think we're onto something here. Like this, this is a valuable skill. And about the same time I was talking with Chelsea and a couple of other people kind of in the industry about potentially making a move from that entrepreneurial journey to a different one in real estate. Um, Chelsea in particular was like, do it like the, what you do here is certainly applicable to real estate. And funny enough, like I used to be an investor before I even got my license. So we had a rental property. We managed it ourselves. We got people in there and then we moved them out. And, you know, we went through that a couple of times and I was like, I think there's a play for me in real estate. So I took that kind of short form storytelling video skill and honed it for like six or seven years now. And um, once there was like what I call the mass exodus from Snapchat uh, and Instagram basically duplicated the stories feature, I went to Snapchat and went like hard, hard on it. Um, and so the year prior to getting into real estate in 2018, started bringing people over from Snapchat into Instagram, also started transitioning out of the lung care and landscaping stuff and into real estate and talking about you know, me getting my license and kind of behind the scenes on what that takes and then what I was doing to actually build my sphere of influence and taking a lot of that kind of entrepreneurial journey from my lawn care and landscaping stuff and, and pivoting it into the real estate business. Um, so understood that like those videos disappeared, yet there was still an opportunity to capture some of it, download it as a, you know, as a single video and then put it on YouTube. And it's funny if you go to YouTube now, like some of my early, early videos are all vertical like this, which is like the worst. I mean, any good YouTuber will tell you don't do vertical video on YouTube, right? Unless it's a short, which they now have. They didn't have that yep. Back, yep. back when, right? But my two, three, four, five minute video, you know, in whole from a daily story would go on uh, on YouTube. And so I just thought it would be really cool to be able to look back on that stuff and kind of see how far I've come. But also just the change in dynamics, like the video quality is better. The sound is better. I've gotten better as a storyteller. So to see, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I appreciate the compliment and I, I'm always trying to get better at it, but go look at where this thing started. Cause it's, I mean, it's cringeworthy. Like it's hard to watch yeah. a lot of it. So, um, but anyway, it's also an encouragement to anyone that like wants to get better at this stuff, film yourself early on against your better judgment, and then go back and watch that stuff six months, a year, two years from now, because it's really, really, to me, it builds a lot of confidence. And to hear people like you guys say anything nice about me or anyone for that matter, I'm just super humbled by it. And I, I think I constantly have to get better. That's great. Would well, you, you definitely seem to be dab your toes in all of the platforms, which I cannot do. I, I always say I'm going to try to get more into Instagram and I, you know, YouTube is just like such a full-time job as it is. It's just hard to add more things to it, but I'm always impressed by you guys because Dan, you, you and Dan both do a really good job on Instagram. And I just, I say this every podcast, I feel like, but I need to get more into Instagram. Just haven't done get it. with the times, old man. Come I on, know. Man. I'm 40 now. <laughs> Too old for them. <laughs> well, I think just the consistency, like even just one story a day, right? Because yeah, I'm, I'm pretty habitual about 
rambling on and on and on, uh, especially on stories. And so I try to like cut it down to become something a little more digestible. Um, and every once in a while, and I did this a couple of weeks ago where I did one story a day, I had 15 seconds to convey three or four different messages. And that was it. Like that was my restriction on myself, but I also had to get a little more creative. And then also it took the same amount of time. Like if I'll do five takes of the same video in a normal story on this one, it would take me 10 or 15 and planning the words and like, what graphics am I going to use? Am I going to put a, a GIF over here? Am I going to put text at the bottom? Am I going to put a, a poll on here somewhere? It really pushed me to kind of think a little more creatively about it. Um, but even just one story a day, like that makes all of it, just that mm -hmm. consistency. Because what, what happens in our consumer mind is we go, this guy is A, staying top of mind, but then B, he can do something super, super consistently, right? And that's what yeah. they want in a business person, period. Doesn't matter what business person, what type of business you're in, what type of business person you are. You can be like me, very like high DI results driven, or you could be the polar opposite. Consistency is really good in business, just point blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and eventually people will see something uh, characteristic or something that you do that attracts them to you in, in one way or another. And I think a lot of times it's the things that you don't think about, or you think you're making a mistake, or you you stumble your words or, or something, you just say something in a way that like connects with somebody. And that's not going to happen unless you're doing these videos consistently. So that's super important. Um, Matt, I'm, I'm curious, and I'm just thinking right now, what's crazy is we've like barely ever talked about Gary Vee on this podcast. We're almost 30 episodes in, uh, but your approach that you're saying on Snapchat Sounds like a Gary Vee approach. Is that what was going through your head? Were you inspired by him to be doing those types of videos? Yeah, 100%. In fact, you know, in the three or four years that I did Snapchat alongside my landscaping business, I only ever got, got like two jobs from it, like two clients from it, right? But what it built for me was the audience and was the attention around what I was doing, right? And again, a lot of this is cumulative. Like we look at Snapchat, we look at Instagram, we look at Facebook or LinkedIn. All of this stuff is the exact same thing. You're just, again, hitting different people. But if you can continue to bring them along for the journey, there's a lot of people that I'm still connected to via Instagram and Snapchat that are now real estate clients. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think just those little deposits in each one can really make, I mean, people really underestimate what they can do in the year, right? Um, and, and the impact that you can have. And they are like almost blinded to what a once a week post to LinkedIn would, and it would go berserk because people aren't expecting it, number one. And then number two, if you're actually giving them something of value, yeah, you're exactly right. This is 100% Gary Vaynerchuk. And so for me with the lawn care landscaping stuff, it wasn't about getting work. It was about educating people. It was about hopefully entertaining. Like I thought I brought a little bit of levity with what's a pretty boring subject, which is grass and like <laughs> lawn maintenance and stuff. But I was the only one doing it here in Atlanta. And I think that's why, I mean, I had people from all over the world following me, literally like Australia, <laughs> England, I mean, all throughout the United States and Canada and Mexico. And our grass is different here than it is there. <laughs> so like, but some of the stuff was still applicable. So um, but I think I just found an interesting way to kind of tell those stories. And I think that's what you're doing, right? Anytime you're trying to give something of value, whether it's entertainment or education or information on the front end, because now instead of going to the library, getting a book, they're coming here, they're, they're Googling something, they're looking for an area, you know, or, or a region or a demographic or something to fit 
you know, their, their, their next service provider, basically, and a real estate agent and a lawn care guy and an attorney and an accountant. I mean, all of these things, any service-based business, you will never, ever run out of business. I'm guaranteeing that because there's so many people doing it poorly. Yeah. <laughs> it was slightly better. I mean, you guys know, like in our business, especially there's so many part-time and half-time agents that aren't doing this full-time, like time, real time, because effort is one thing, but putting in time is a whole nother. And we know that there's a lot of things that we put our time into that we never see any results for. Um, and so why not, why not spend some of that time creating content? This stuff lives forever and it's not going anywhere. So if you can build a reputation around that, yeah, you'll, you'll never run out of business. That's great. So how much of your business, so you've only been in the business for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. How much would you, could you, can you contribute to like your social media presence? And even if it's just referrals from your social media, can you put a, a number on that? Yeah. So I, I'm always digging into the analytics, not just of the business, like buyers and sellers, what my ratio is, but also where's the business coming from, right? Because mm-hmm. if you get a phone call, you get an email, you get a text, you get, you know, even leads through my website, which funny enough are actually still coming in. My first question is, how did you hear about me? Because if it's a person, I need to go thank that person. Sure. Right. Even if we never do a deal, even if they never close on a house, buy or sell, doesn't matter. I still need to go thank that person because to me, 100%. That, person, that person took a chance on me, right? If it's another way, like, oh, I found you through Instagram or I found you through Facebook or LinkedIn or one of my friends tagged me in your post, something like that, I still go thank that person because to me, anytime someone's willing to associate me with a good experience, I need to I need to say thank you, even if it's just that. I don't have to gift them to death. <laughs> I don't have to do any, just a phone call or a text message or something like that goes a long, long way. And I think we really underestimate that. Um, but yeah, a good portion, I would say 70 to 80% now of my business comes from social media via my sphere. So a lot of the people that follow me on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and Clubhouse and a lot of these other platforms are mostly coming through a sphere component. So, you know, six degrees of separation one way or another, um, they're in my sphere one way or another. I think a lot of people when they are wanting to get started on Instagram, trying to figure out a strategy, the thought in in their head is I need to get more followers so that I can get more business. But the reality is, at least the way I utilize it, it sounds like the way you're you're utilizing it as well is there's so much power in your sphere. If you could get 500, 1,000 followers on Instagram and really dial that in, I mean, it's crazy how powerful that can be. I just had someone that I hadn't spoken to since college, barely even knew her in college. She saw my listing video I did last week and she reached out yesterday and said, hey, Dan, we were going to list our house with XYZ brokerage. But I just saw this video is amazing. Can you come? And I have a listing appointment today. And it's, you know, they barely know me, but they know me enough uh, that you can stay in front of them. It's uh, it's just crazy. It never ceases to amaze me, the power in Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's all searchable too, right? Like go to Instagram, hit the little magnifying glass, go to the Explorer page, type in Atlanta Realtor, and you'll see there's like 50 agents that come up, right? Yeah. And we're not just talking about referral business or actual transactions. I'm talking about HGTV reaching out. I'm talking about TLC reaching out. Like other things can come as a result of this, but you have to know how to use them. And that to me is is also a Gary Vee thing that once you understand how this platform can be used and oh by the way that people are using it that way like it's one thing to know about it it's a whole nother that people are actually going and doing it right um and so yeah i mean 
Sphere and social media alone, probably like 80%. The other 20% is coming from like open houses, from listings that are already had, like circle prospecting type stuff. But I can almost point to like, probably again, 75 to 80% of my business coming from my Sphere, which I have a massive database. I have like 7,000 people in my database. And for the first two years of my real estate journey, like two emails in two years, zero phone calls. I mean, zero phone calls, unless they called me first. <laughs> and then like no text message, like zero strategy. And I'm being dead serious about this because, and, and I'm not proud of that, by the way. Yet, a lot of my business has come from like, my first three transactions all came from Sphere or open houses. Because for the first six months of 2019, that's all I did. I was gone Saturday, I was gone Sunday. And I was preparing for other agents' open houses. And that's how I got my first couple of deals. So a lot of people hear Instagram or Facebook or social in general, and they're like, all right, I'm going to dump all this stuff. Yeah, but if it doesn't work for six months or eight months or 10 months, yeah. or how long it takes, what else are you doing to get there? Because I'm like you, Dan. I only did four transactions my first year. Yeah. It was like minimum wage. So, you know, you got to find another way to generate business. And so social is just not enough. You got to find other things that, that keep it going. Well, you can't just talk about real estate. You have to actually kind of be doing real estate too and understand <laughs> the challenges that people are going through. Um, it helps you build confidence, all those things. So yeah, I'm a huge proponent of that. I mean, you just need to get business going one way or another in the beginning, have that be a part of your strategy while you're building up your your content or attraction marketing. 100%. 100%. Well, it seems like you do, obviously you've dabbled on all the platforms, it seems, but are you trying to do anything different for the second half of this year coming up or are you just kind of sticking with what you're doing? Yeah, so I just hired a videographer okay. to work with me on a more regular basis because in the past it would be, hey, can you go shoot this listing video for me? Or, hey, can we you know, do some B-roll for a, a car thing? I've got, you know, some, it was never very structured. And I finally, thanks to Clubhouse, the, the thing kind of clicked for me that if I pay money, I will get it done. <laughs> like, I don't know why. And that's why subscription services work, right? Like, They've got your card. They're going to hit it once a month and you either appreciate and enjoy the service or you do not. And at some sure. point, the pain becomes greater than, than the expense and you go cancel. <laughs> for me, um, reshifting my focus with video content in particular for 2021 was really, really important because of everything else that we've already talked about. The referrals, the sphere, the other agents out there that are trying to vet me as you know their referral partner in Atlanta. Um, but I really stepped up the quality. Um, late last year, I was doing two, three, maybe even four videos on YouTube a week myself. So this right here, film, edit, all on my Mac and super, you know, gross in terms of most YouTubers quality and format and everything else. Yet I've still gotten leads from it, right? Yeah. So um, late last year, I was just pounding out video after video after video. And when COVID hit in March, of last year, um, I have a series similar to Matthew. This is what's up, Don. What do you mind selling Sandy Springs? I went around and we did 60 episodes before the pandemic hit. So 2019 and early 2020, I would go and interview small business owners. And legitimately, like if you're worried about being the over-the-top salesman, this is all you have to say. Hey, my name is Matt LaMarche. This is my brokerage. And this is selling Sandy Springs or what's up, Don. Or whatever you come up with. That's all you have to say. People will then know who you are, what you do. 
and what this is, right? Those three things. I don't say, if you know, I'm going to look at a buy, seller, or invest in real estate. <laughs> you don't? Never too busy for referrals. I thought that worked every time. I'm not that guy. I can't do it. I, I'm getting better about putting that out there. And yes, I do. My business thrives on referrals. But if you don't send me one, like, we're good. We're still friends. <laughs> like, it's yeah. going to be okay. Um, and so we did 60 episodes of that where I went to small business owners. I interviewed the mayor. I talked to nonprofit organizers. I mean, I talked to anyone and everyone that would sit down and talk to me in person, edit that video and then put it out. And to me, that's a huge value add. And I've told agents in Atlanta this over and over and over again, that if you started the What's Up Dunley or the Happening in Roswell or anyone around me, I would send my clients that are moving to your area, your video series. Not because I think it is, I'm going to lose them to you, but because I think you're actually adding value to their life. I'm not afraid of losing that client to you. If, if I do lose them, I never had them, honestly, you know, um, but no one's done it. Me and Matthew are the only ones in Atlanta doing something like this on a really, really regular basis. And it adds a ton of value. If you're looking to move from San Diego to Atlanta, you look at Dunwoody and you look at Sandy Springs and you're like, God, these two areas seem great. Why is no one around it doing it? So it's really, really powerful. And people get a sense of the community. They, they start to see names and recognize faces and stuff. And especially in the video format, you know, if you've got someone that's super charismatic, you should be doing this. I don't necessarily want to talk to the owner of the business. I want to talk about your most fantastic and charismatic employee because that's the one that's going to draw people into the video. So are you mostly doing this via, is this what you're doing with the videographer? Or are you still just, is this the podcast or are they kind of yeah, intertwined? So, my, so I kind of have two buckets, right? I have Selling Sandy Springs. And when COVID hit, I had to pivot because all of my of course. appointments got canceled. Yeah. And I had to pivot into more of like a vlog style, like I'm going to look at this house. We're going to closing. We're I'm getting ready to list this house. So it was like a little more behind the scenes day of a realtor type thing. Um, and so we did that for like nine months. And again, two or three videos a week. It was it was a lot of work. Um, but I'm now going back out into the community and we're starting to get more of those rolling. And I do all of those myself. And then my videographer does. Um, what I'm calling my kind of personal brand, real estate, the cars, the family life, the man, the husband, you know, the father, all that type of stuff. It's more of like a, this is who you're buying into. It's not just real estate. It's not just about the latest deal I did or this new listing. I've got. Like it's more, I got to get you to buy in here first, then we'll go do the real estate things. Um, and honestly, I feel like that barrier to entry, that friction that I create actually brings the people out that I actually like working with and that will actually appreciate what I do. Um, because if I were putting on some show, if it were some facade, then when we meet in person, they're like, who is this guy? <laughs> so I feel like that's a good, you know, hurdle, if you will, for my clients to jump over and either you're in or you're out. And all you got to do is watch a video. So like, it's a pretty low barrier to entry. <laughs> How many people are in uh, Sandy Springs? Just curious. <clears throat> okay. Gotcha. I'm just curious again for my own personal. <laughs> now, <laughs> see how big of a space you need to have to have a podcast that people will actually enough people will listen to, I guess. Yeah. Well, and the thing that we're going to start doing with selling Sandy Springs and I haven't really told anyone. So this is like top secret. Stuff. Yeah. We'll edit this out. Don't worry. Break it. We're going to break here. No, I'm going to start talking with community members, like just general people, right? Like, why do you like, why do you like living here? Why did you move here? What do you like about your neighborhood? What's your favorite restaurant? Because 
that now opens up 120,000, 125,000 more opportunities. Right now, not everyone's going to say yes. Not everyone likes the sound of their own voice or the, the look on their video or whatever. But yet there's still plenty of opportunity. And there's a ton of people that love this area or any area for that matter and would be happy happy to do so. So it doesn't just have to be businesses. You could go into you know, interview individual homeowners or people that have bought into the community on a real level. Um, you know, that you're going to find those people at city meetings and zoning meetings and stuff like that, that, that are super passionate about what's going on in the area. So how many, how many downloads do you get on a uh, podcast typically? Yeah. So it's pretty low. I mean, again, when Matthew and I met, I, I set up my video he had yeah. the microphones and I'm like, I feel like I can strip this audio out of here somehow, some way. Sure. Found a way to do that. Turn that Selling Sandy Springs into a podcast and then would throw in again, just like, here's what you need to know if you're a buyer. Here's what you need to know if you're a seller, like sure. some real estate stuff, but then also just like record and talk, like just what's going on in my head. Um, kind of like more of that personal branding side of things. Sure, yeah. um, for the 60 episodes, though, I stripped all the audio out, created that. And we get anywhere from 150 to 200 downloads per episode. I think that's we're pretty good. I mean, for uh, a place yeah. out of 100,000 people, I mean, that's not a bad podcast, I feel like. No, and back to Dan's earlier point, like you don't have to have 150,000 downloads every month. You don't have yeah. to have 10,000 people listening to your podcast. Is it great? Sure. Yeah, exposure for all. But that could be 10,000 real estate agents that listen to it. Like that could be your competition. You know, like, so I try to tell people, don't worry about the number of followers, the number of likes, the number of comments, the number of downloads. None of, I mean, I almost treat it as they, as they don't exist basically. Because if I don't know that number, I mean, I check it like once a year just to see, sure, yeah. is it actually. Make sure it's not dropping. <laughs> yeah. Is it like. Are people actually out there listening? Yeah, making sure it's not zero. So it's a- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I'm sure everyone's heard this over and over again, but like if you had 200 people in a room, the 200 people that listen to your podcast episode and they just listen to you talk for 30, 45, an hour long, like that'd be pretty crazy. Once a week, let's just get 200 people into this, in, into this area. I'm just going to talk to them. It's That's- crazy. Exactly right. And the same thing is true of your videos and your stories every day. Like the thought of 50 people sitting in this room with me, listening to me talk to you guys blows my mind. 50, yeah. right? That's a lot of people. 20. 20 is a lot of people. Like yeah. I think the last time I was with 20 of my friends, that's a lot of people. <laughs> and I think there, it's super, especially on Instagram, I feel like there's a lot of vanity behind that. And I hate that part of it. And part of me just wishes they would do away with it because then real good creators and real good value adders would come out of the woodwork because none of that would be measured. Um, sure. until they've talked about that. Haven't they talked about getting rid of that, those metrics, but I guess it's hasn't happened yet. Soon yeah. enough. We can hope we can hope. <laughs> All right, Matt, we've got almost 40 minutes and we haven't talked about Porsches once. Is that kind of weird? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I at least wanted to ask you, so if you, if anyone follows you, they, they're going to know pretty quickly that you like Porsches. You like, you have Porsche enthusiast groups, you have meetups, you have all sorts of different things. And I think it's so cool because it's, it's one specific way that you can niche down into a specific audience. Um, I'm curious, and you can talk about kind of what you've done and what you're doing, but I'm just curious, was that did you strategically have in mind, I'm trying to create this, this group of people to network with so I could get business out of it. 
Or is it just specifically, I love Porsches. I want to talk to other people with Porsches. Yeah. Well, for the record, just to start off here, I did not intend to do anything with Porsches to get business. Yeah. Plain, pure and simple. I just like the cars. I like being around the people that have the cars. We're like, you know, the cars are not cheap. It's not like a Honda Accord, right? Like, so you have to do certain things to get to that level. And and there's the cars that are $10,000. So there's a lot of attainable Porsches out there. But that was never my intent. My intent, and in fact, I tell people all this all the time, whenever we get together for lunch or a drive or, you know, one of these brewery events or something, they'll start talking real estate. And I'm like, can we not today? I, I want to... <laughs> Like, this is just for cars today, guys. <laughs> and I don't mind talking about real estate outside of that, you know, world. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I just talk about it all day, every other day. And this is literally my escape. Like, this is the one day my wife will let me out of the house with my car to go do my thing. And, uh, and I just want to enjoy it, you know. So for me, that was never the intent. Certainly, that has been a product of it. But for me, it's really about, I worked really, really hard to get the car that I currently have and the prior car. And this was like, this goes way back, like childhood. I had a big poster similar to this one up on my wall as a kid, and it was a red 911. I'll never, I mean, it's permanently imprinted. And as a kid, I was like, mom, dad, what do I do to get that car? And, like, and I grew up like very, I would call this lower middle class-ish. Like my dad didn't have Porsches growing up. So when I asked them, they were like, well, you got to work hard and you have to stay, stay super consistent with whatever. And if you're good at what you do, you have to enjoy it. And I was like, sounds easy enough. So, uh, you know, fast forward to like I'm 16. I, the day I turned 16, I go get my license. Always had a big love affair with all sorts of cars, not just Porsches. But for some reason, Porsches were always like, just one ring above where I could reach, right? So again, very entrepreneurial at a young age, um, started with the lemonade stands and cutting everyone's grass. I mean, I would literally just go over people's driveway into the next yard and just start cutting grass. And, um, and so that like just kind of ingrained in me that like, this is what you have to do. This is the sacrifice you have to make in order to get here, right? And so early 20s, got into some Mustangs and Corvettes and Camaros and like hung around that crowd and was always like, again, just, just a little outside the reach. But in my early 20s and like late teens, I was pretty much well known for always having two jobs pretty consistently, even as a student. So I paid my way through college and was trying to, you know, basically graduate with a degree and pay for it on my own. That was going to be like my claim to fame. And in my, my, the, spring semester of my junior year, I had an economics professor talk me out of school and he talked about opportunity costs. And I was like, okay, he's blowing my mind. Like I can go out and make money or I can be here getting a better job because of a degree to make more money than I might make over here. Your college teacher taught you out of going to college? <laughs> Pretty much. It was econ 101. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I approached him after his, after his, um, lecture and I was like, I, I just want to understand because he was a super entrepreneurial dude from Savannah, Georgia. And he was talking about a lot of different concepts that I was just like, this all makes more sense than college does to me. Like he was talking about flipping shipping containers. And this is back in like the early 2000s, right? When tiny homes and all that stuff hadn't even happened. But he was talking about buying something, flipping it and making money on it and building a business around that. And I was like, this was is really Gary V. Was it Gary V. or is different? No, not, him. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. So uh, that kind of got my wheels turning, 
And the next lecture I walked into was like part two or part B of this first session. And I walked to him again up after the lecture and I was like, I shook his hand and I was, I was like, thank you. I think you just changed my life. And he looked at me like this crazy college kid. He's in his junior year. What does he mean? I was like, you just talked me out of college. <laughs> and his face just like went deadpan. And I was like, no, 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 thank you. And so um, I left and didn't go back to school. I did eventually go back to just get an associate's degree just to check that box. And honestly, it was more about the skill set. And so small business management and entrepreneurship and uh, professional sales is what I ended up going back for. But at the time, just to give you guys like some better context, I was washing cars per- permanently. Like that was my only full-time job at the time. And I was working 12 to 15 hours a day but I was making $75,000 a year washing cars. And I was also a student while I was doing that. And so for me, it was pretty obvious that what I was doing was working and I could work my face off and not worry about the diploma, not worry about a career, you know, that was education dependent. Um, so that's kind of what sparked the whole entrepreneurial journey for me. Oh, wow. Long winded answer, but yeah. Dude, that's a cool story. I like that a lot. And you know, what's funny is, I've never really been a car guy, but just seeing your passion for Porsches, like I, I want to come out and go to one of your meetups. And if you were my agent, I'd be like, so you are, you're going to, you're going to pick me up in that Porsche, right? Before, that's where we're gonna go check out some homes. So you're not alone. Lenders, uh, attorneys, um, even, even home warranty reps, like inspectors, all of them are super disappointed now when I don't show up to something not in the car. And I'm like, show up in a Tesla. Funny. I got to get rid of my daily. Like I should be driving the car. You get so many people into a Porsche. If you have to drive people around, I guess that's true. Well, there's a really good kind of underlying marketing message there too. Right. Just because we've only known each other for a number of months. That's what I want people to know. I want people to know Matt LaMarche, Atlanta real estate and Porsche. Like that's it. If you need one of those three things, you need me and my time and my professionalism you need my profession, what I do. You want to know more about cars or how to get connected into that community. I can do that. And if you want to know anything about real estate, like it doesn't, I'm not the end all be all. I just want to be the connector to those things. Well, you do a great job of that because that's the first three things I think about when I end clubhouse. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> the underlying one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, Bern, you want to get one last question in before we get into the quick fire challenge? Um, sure. Let's see. My question would be, <laughs> you put me on the spot like that? Yeah. Um, what, um, if so, someone just getting into the real estate, what would your be your first advice to, to give them in, to, in the content world? What yeah, should they great, be doing? Great question. I think you've got to try a lot of different things. And I know that's pretty vague, but for me, it was just trying video. Like I'm good with video. I don't care what people think about me, yet I do. Like I want to make sure the message is clear and that the intent is clear. But if someone watches my video and goes, you don't share this or you don't talk about that, they're not the right person for me and I'm not the right person for them. Um, but it's crazy. It's so many people underestimate how quickly you can get there, right? Like when people watch your YouTube stuff, they feel like they know you. When we watch our YouTube stuff, we feel like we know the content creator on the other side of the camera, right? And people are really, really underestimating that. And video is really important. As much as we can listen to the voice in a podcast or an audiobook or something like this platform, yes, it, it's great and it goes further. But even just in video, I feel like you're able to convey a much bigger message and a much stronger message. And also the intent. The intent is really what's crucial because a lot of people 
put us in this box as real estate agents that we're only out for the money, that it is not relationship driven at all, that we're simply here to hit it and quit it and move on to the next thing. And that's not true of most of the really, really good agents that I know and I've been connected to. So my advice would be find a lane, just find one, because again, we talked about all the platforms, just find one that you really like and then go all in on that. Because yeah. what's happened as a, as a result is two things. The first is you're going to get really good at that one. And that may be video or audio or just the written word even. Or, and or you're going to add to your repertoire of that might work on a different platform. And so why would you not get really, really good at Instagram and then take that video and put it on YouTube or create totally separate videos, um, you know, on the same topic, but in two different formats. So just try something for the love of God, try something. Um, because once you get good at it, you're going to be blown away at what can come your way. And again, not just business, but other opportunities, the the opportunity to collaborate with people is really, really amazing. And people want to be a part of stuff like this. Yeah. People love talking about like content marketing. People love that other people that do content marketing. I just want to be around people that do content marketing all the time and collaborate with them. So I, I think I'm going to get more. That's why we started a podcast. That's true. That's why we, that's why we have <laughs> guests on the show, just so we can talk to people about it. <laughs> well, and it makes it a lot easier. So we don't have to think about everything to talk about. Exactly. That's good. Like Matt on, he could just talk all day. It's great. I know. He's, he's a much better talker than I am. For, that's for sure. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, no, that was I'm, good, man. I don't even know what company you work for. What? Because I mean, I never even came up. What? What brokerage are you with? Yeah, so I'm with Ingo and Volkers. They're out of. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, and so I guess we can just well, since we're going that route, let's just say right now, if anyone listening has any referrals for Atlanta, Georgia, or specifically Sandy Springs, which is about how far away from Atlanta? Yeah, about 20 minutes north of the city. Okay. okay. Just Google Matt Lamarsh. And he will come up. I promise you. Um, but it's let's go ahead. Let's. I just like saying your name. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it is fun. Well, name. I appreciate I the correct pronunciation. I can't say how many times I've gotten the, you know, the robocalls of "Hi, is Mr. Lamarch there?" And I'm like, "Lamarch, no, no, no." I think wrong number. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that um, being telemarketing. So. <laughs> so, Matt, we have a, a quick fire challenge for you. Basically, this is a random assortment of questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, just come, just hit us with the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? I love it. I'm ready. All right. Pizza or burgers? Oh, gosh. Burgers. Oh, pizza. Come on. I love how much that one question can slow people down. Pizza or burgers? <laughs> That's a great, uh, a great starter. What's your uh, favorite app right now? Oh, man. Um I mean, as much as I love the social platforms, I'm really, really focused on productivity right now and brain toss. Uh, Andy G and Charlotte, Charlotte turned me on to this one. So take your notes app, your microphone, voice, you know, tech voice uh, app, and then your camera and combine it all into one. That's what you get with brain toss. But the greatest part about it is that it emails you everything. So you can hit oh, I love this. and it'll send the voice directly to you. I haven't even heard this one yet, so I gotta check it out. Brain toss is amazing. Very yeah. good infections and follow up and so on and so forth. It happened uh, if it's in your inbox. I'm 100% downloading that because basically when I have an idea and I need to remind myself, edit my to-do list, I email myself. <laughs> so exactly. if I have an app that can do that for me, great. This is, this is exactly why I asked this question. Appreciate and super that. practical on that. At the end of the day, you've got 5, 10, 20, 50 emails there. You start getting really, really productive. I'm downloading yeah. it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what are you currently reading? Um, I'm actually going back through um, Christopher Voss. Um, 
Never Split the Difference? Negotiation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great, great book. And I read it once maybe a year ago, but I feel like as as agents, we can never, ever be too good at negotiating. And yeah. I don't mean just in your personal life either. I mean, in your professional work, like you're dealing with other agents, you're dealing with attorneys, you're dealing with buyers, you're dealing with sellers. Like we negotiate with our clients every single day on stuff. Mm -hmm. So can't ever be too good at that. Love it. Uh, YouTube or Instagram? Oh, Instagram. And Instagram or Clubhouse? Ugh. Don't make him choose. Insta I'll say Instagram only because of the connections from Clubhouse. <laughs> I, now, I could probably put out like a, a, seed, a call to action on, um, on Instagram and say, hey, if you heard me speak, will you share this to someone on your profile? Or I don't know. I feel like I could probably get better traction on Instagram. No, that's fair. Um, if you weren't in real estate, what would you be doing? Race car driver. No. Um, <laughs> I like that, though. That's a great question. I mean, I always wanted to be a race car driver, but then I realized like it's not as glamorous <laughs> yeah. as everyone thinks it is. Um, this is a great question. I I think I would love to actually be a like a car tester, like a journalist maybe in that space. I think it would be really cool to drive all the latest and greatest and concepts and like just to be able to give and get feedback from that industry. I think it'd be I, I think the car industry is gonna be totally different in like the next five years. And so I think getting into that world would be really, really interesting. In what way? I'm just, I mean, we can get to this another time, but I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that the, first of all, just the electrification, I think sure. five years from now, it's most of the manufacturers have said, we're going to wipe out gasoline on a real level. Like 80% of our cars will be electric, if not all of them in five years. So in 2025, 2026, I think the roads are going to look very, very different, hopefully for the better. Interesting. Yeah. So there'll be more cars than just Tesla's like there are in California right now. Yeah. But to be clear, I want a car that does everything or does nothing. Like I want something super raw and visceral mm -hmm. like from the driver's perspective, or I want to get in and go, go and then sit back and scroll or do a video, you know, something other than driving. So for do sure. it or do nothing. Like, I don't like these in-betweens of like, oh, you're coming out of the lane. I'm going to push you back in. Or, <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's see. What's your favorite thing about living in Sandy Springs? Oh, I mean, we've got everything here. Like, we're super close to the city. This city itself is growing really, really, really rapidly. Um, so Mercedes-Benz just moved their headquarters from New Jersey to Sandy Springs. Um, oh, cool. And I mean, it's literally like two minutes up the road from me. But I feel like we've got the parks. We've got the food scene here is amazing and super, super underrated as well. Um, we have a brand new uh, performing arts center that like is drawing national acts in comedians and musicians and I mean, like real names. Um, and so now you've got a couple options here in Atlanta for that. But that's I can walk there from where I am now. So it's becoming more of a urban suburban city. Um, and that's what I love. It's why we moved here 10 years ago. We, we saw the direction the city was moving in and we were like, we want to be there. Very cool. Pretty cool. I haven't spent much time in Atlanta, but we should uh, make a trip out there one day, Dan. For sure. Let's do it. Test drive some We know everybody that works there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, who's your favorite real estate agent creator right now? Any platform? Ooh, man. So I'm a big fan of Justin Conoco. Um, yeah. I think he's creating an, an obscene amount of content and, and he's doing it for all the right reasons. Right. Um, 
but I, I look at people that are thinking about real estate as a media company and less as a real estate business. Like, yes, you have to be able to do both to be really, really good. But the stretch between content creator and good realtor or real estate agent is really, really wide. You're either yeah. good at one or you're good at the other. And you kind of suck at the other, if we're all being honest. There are very, very few people that I see doing it, A, at a high level, super, super consistently, but for all the right reasons. So I'd have to say Justin. Yeah, he's awesome. I also, side note, feel really great that every single person that you've mentioned in the real estate realm creating content we've had on the podcast. So <laughs> Chelsea Pites, Justin Conoco, <laughs> we got Matt, we got Dustin Brome, all those guys. So yeah, that's that, that Gary V. We'll have Gary V on here next week. That's so. true. That's true. But he doesn't sell real estate. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> he just pushes it to his sister who sells real estate. That is true. All right. The last question, probably the most important question of the day. Is it Porsche or Porsche? <laughs> I'm non-discriminatory. So when I hear people <laughs> say Porsche, that's the accurate way. When I hear people okay. say Porsche, it's just that no one has stopped to tell them. the. If you ask a German, they say Porsche. So okay. officially Porsche. But I don't get mad about even Porsche owners saying Porsche. Like we've got bigger fish to fry in this world. Yeah, <laughs> Worse problems in the world than that, I guess. Right. Last question. What's your second favorite car? Last question I had. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of like off-road trucks like that. I like the idea of just driving into the mountains and then down a dirt road somewhere. Um, and that was pretty indicative of my teenage years as well. Um, but maybe like a Jeep, like the new Bronco really, really, really hits a lot of boxes for me. So I've contemplated actually putting a deposit down for one. I know they're going to be out for like four years or whatever, but just the idea of off-road. So something like a Jeep or a Bronco, you know, four-wheel drive, something that can go anywhere, Range Rover, Land Rover, something like that. You and my brother-in-law will get along really well because he, he changes out his car every year. I swear. Oh, every single year. Wow. He's like, oh, I'm going to get a different one. I want a truck this one. I want a sports car this year. He's just, he switches it up every single time. Yeah, so. I tried to warn my wife before we got married. I was like, so... I was 25 when we got married. By that point, I think I had had about 15 cars. Yeah. Since then, we've added to like 25 or 26. And I'm only 39 next week. So that's like two cars a year-ish. Like <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you want to enjoy a lot of different... Exp- I don't know. Yeah. I get it, man. I get it. Love it. Love it. Well, Matt, thank you so much, man. That was a great conversation. Appreciate you well, being on. Thank you guys so much. Yes, it was great, Matt. Thanks for being on, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great history week. Thank you guys all for listening. Hope you get some value from this podcast. If you want to connect with us, check us out on the Tactical Real Estate Agent Facebook page. And if there's ever a topic you want us to cover, please send us a message and we would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening and catch us next week. Thanks, Byron. Bye. Peace.